seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have me, Sacred Stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother... Welcome, friends, to episode 207 of Color of Magic, your magic gaming podcast where we talk about all types of issues that affect gamers at and away from their gaming tables and computers. I am your host, Daquan Watson, fully recovered from Vegas, finally, <laughs> alongside my co-host, Brian Allen. How's it going, dude? All right, go Rangers. I don't know if it, I, I know what the score is. I haven't seen the score. I don't know what uh, for clarity, Texas Rangers. Because I'm sure we have people that are hockey oh, that are going, what are you talking about? That, that's also true. But, I mean, I have nothing against the New York Rangers. So, when hockey season starts, I, it's fine if they go also. Except when they're playing the Stars. <laughs> well, you'll be proud to know that your Texas Rangers are winning 7-1 to one as the time of this recording. Oh, so good lord. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's a butt whooping. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even close. So uh, this series is basically done at this point. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, and uh, I guess condolences to any of our listeners that are Tampa Bay Devil Ray fans. Yeah, for sure. That's a whole other topic, too. Or are they, or are they just Rays now? I want to say, did they drop the Devil? Oh, like, that's true. They, yeah, they've only they've been the Rays for, like, I don't know, the last like seven or eight years. Okay. But yeah, if y'all want to get some stuff for yourselves, especially with the Doctor Who stuff coming out, which we're going to talk about later in the show, honestly... Little birdies have told me these, at least the first run of this Doctor Who stuff may be a little hard to come by because the order numbers are big with everybody already. Uh, local stores and online, so something to be aware of. There will be more, but nobody knows how much more. And they apparently the BBC is very tight on this, so probably won't be printed, f- if I was guessing, for more than a year. Probably not even more than nine months. So just saying, putting that out there. But if you do want to get some, go check out our friends over at CoolStuffInc.com where they have all types of things. As a matter of fact, they might still be running a board game sale if you want to pick up some board games that they're clearing out, which a bunch of good titles on there with a really good sale. So be able to check that out. And you can use code DRAGON at checkout to save 5% on whatever you decide to get there on all your gaming stuff. So yeah, go check them out. They're always good people. Even at shows, they show up in person to make sure we're doing well. So, you know... Pay some love to our friends over at CoolStuffInc.com. Also, you can go to Patreon.com slash Color Magic. And just for a couple of bucks, you can help us keep the lights on, get new equipment, pay for our hosting, all that fun stuff. And you can get a shout out just like Elliot Scott, which, by the way, I think Elliot might be our original, like, Patreon number one, I think. I'd have to go look. He's been around a while, since October 2019. So that's like the very beginning. Yeah, if he's not number one, he's like top three for sure. One of the first three. So thank you. OG status confirmed. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And then, of course, you can go to colormtg.com slash shop to get some merch with our logos and things on them to support us. Also, if you shoot me a message on socials, I have a few of my custom roll tokens still available. I can get out to people as well. So shoot me a message. I can get some of those to you. So, yeah, lots of business getting done there. But uh Let's hop into the soapbox because, man, we have a lot of different topics to cover today. These, these might be some pretty deep conversations on today's show. Yeah, this one's just for all the knuckleheads out there because there's still people posting, like sharing private messages. And that's the other thing, too. These aren't people just even posting on social. These are people inundating folks with private messages and responses on things about. Oh, I didn't know girls play magic or I didn't know girls play X, Y, Z or wow. Look, a black person that actually does some gaming and blah, blah. Like, really? Like y'all are still stuck on that. Like, here's the reality for most of us. It doesn't even bother us all that much because we're used to seeing it already. So it's old hat. And I tell people like, I almost don't even care that those comments are there. I'm more annoyed that you didn't even come up with something funny. Like you felt so compelled to say something and the best you could come up with is, oh, look, a black guy plays magic. Like, that's it? Like, you couldn't make something funny about, I don't know, some magical power or some voodoo thing or something or whatever. At least be creative. Like, bring something to the table. <laughs> Are you giving people ideas for racial slur? <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, if you're going to bring it, bring it. Like, like Can we strike your last comment for the record? Yeah, I'm saying at least be funny. Oh. Because, you know, because because the thing is, you're already going to get labeled a racist anyway. You might as well bring your A game. 
Wow. If you get labeled racist just for some stupid joke, like that's that's just low effort. You might as well just kept that to yourself and kept your dignity. We're, we're going to have to have an outtakes episode at some point or like best of an omnibus or something in the quad explaining the proper way <laughs> to make real, the racial jokes. Like, what's the point? If all you're going to do is stroll in and make some dumb comment that literally like somebody told somebody else in third grade and then you're going to get labeled for it because you know you are and we all are putting people on blast believe me creators are posting stuff on socials there's a lot of private creator channels where people are sharing things so even if you don't see it trust me it's out there and people know and it's even worth it at least if you brought something creative and funny you could at least go out swinging that's all i'm saying (laughs) like because I tell people, like, I told people before, if somebody ever, ever tells you that, oh, I think the Quan broke into this house, whatever, first thing I'm going to ask you is, like, what's missing? Because if it ain't everything, it wasn't me. Because if I'm going to go to jail, I'm just telling you, it's all going to be gone because I'm getting the same punishment. This is the exact same damn thing. Like, you're going to get labeled for being an idiot. You might as well try harder because this is just dumb. <laughs> it's just, I just, I'm so... <laughs> Uh, I'm so overclipped by this whole, <laughs> this whole idea. That's so I've learned that if, that if Daquan breaks into my house, everything's going to be gone. I'm just saying, you're going to go to jail for the same thing. You better make it worth it. That's all I'm saying. Like, people are dumb, man. I just don't, don't break into a house that they would say, hey, Daquan told me to steal everything. <laughs> exactly. So if I was going to do it, I got to do it right. No. Seriously, though, like, I, I just don't understand these people. Like, if you go on to Twitter at any given time, in several categories, some of the top streamers are women. So it's not like you don't have examples of other women being successful. At least I understand that you just may not have seen many of us around as far as black people go. That at least kind of makes sense. But like, we have women in all parts of gaming now. And some of them being very successful. Hell, half the women in that were at the the tables in the in the ambassador program and stuff, I think, were non males. So it's just like, what are y'all even talking about? And here's the real part: guarantee you, none of those people said that crap in person when we've been at these events. We've been at Command Fest and conventions and and Magic Cons and whatever. They'll say that crap online. They'll send a message, but ain't none of them gonna come up and say it to you in front of other people. It's like, come on, y'all. What are we doing? But, you know, those people, they probably have other issues. They're probably mad at their own lives. They're probably jealous that somebody's making it and they're not. That tends to be the case for all of them. But it's just dumb to know that it's still out there. So if I can't implore anybody to do anything, it's just if you see something, say something. Call those people out. Put them in their place. Point out examples where they're just being idiotic and wrong. And just help mitigate it that way. Not saying you got to, you know, go out and cancel people or whatever. Just be like, hey, dude, was that necessary? Like, you do know there's this many women that are succeeding. Here are some examples. Here's some links. Here's some YouTube channels. Right? That's it. And then just try to cut it off that way. Because, man, this is just dumb to see people still have to deal with it. And don't get me wrong. Like, we've talked about it on the show before. There's probably nothing anybody's going to send me in a message or say something on social media that's going to get to me because... Anything like seriously, anything they post or say is not going to be even close to some of the stuff that's said or happened to me. So that part doesn't matter. But when I'm seeing other people that are new or struggling or already have social anxieties or whatever, having to deal with it, that sucks because it's completely unnecessary. So hopefully we're able to get past that. But all right, I'm done. I'm going to pass it over to you, brother. All right, I saw just a weird, weird thing. Apparently, is is being done in uh in corporate America. Have, have you seen folks? They have no quit McDonald's. Where there's a sign on the wall at McDonald's saying, "You are not making this up. Not allowed to quit until you speak to a manager first. What Dude, are they going to stop me from leaving the building? I mean, I don't understand how this is supposed to work. See, that's you, your thought is the same thing I had. I saw this, I want to say it was near the beginning of the summer, maybe late June or early July sometime. I, my first question was just, how? 
Like, unless you make me sign something that there's some legal ramification that I don't talk to the manager, which I've never, nobody showed any paperwork that that's a thing. Yeah, I've never heard of McDonald's doing anything like that because that's way more than they're going to expend on an employee. Yeah, like you just leave. Yeah. Like, generally. Or, or you just, you know, don't hear, you, you you work your shift, then you don't show up the next day. You know? Yeah, generally you tell them like, hey, I'm not going to be here next week. This is going to be my last couple of days or whatever. And that's usually enough. They're like, cool, nice having you around, whatever. But if you, I don't know, your manager pisses you off and you just leave. I don't know. What are they going to do? Like, you go home. Yeah, because again, it's McDonald's. They're not going to hire anybody to <laughs> to sue you or come after you. It's just, well, there's it's, nothing to even sue you for. That's the thing. Most of these are all for at-will states anyway. So you have the right to leave. They have the right to kick you out. <laughs> I don't even understand what this is in theory supposed to accomplish. I mean, I doubt... Because again, once you've decided I'm not working here anymore, have you ever been taught? You ever wanted to quit someplace and then talk to people? No, no, you're right. I like it here. No, when does that happen, really? Now, if they had instituted some type of program to be like, hey, we're trying to change our culture, if you're thinking about leaving, at least give us a chance to, here's a number to call, or I don't know, like something else that would at least sound that's better. Not what the, yeah, it's not what even that even no quit sounds like, hey, no, we, we don't do that here. You're, we're not going to allow you to do that. It's just, it, yeah. It's, and it's almost like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, it feels like maybe the intent was give our managers a last chance to make it right so we don't have to keep hiring people. But that's not how this comes off. No, not at all. Yeah, it's just poorly implemented, honestly. This, and this and again, it, if anybody has ever wanted to quit to, to quit their, their job at McDonald's and been talked out of it, by all means, <laughs> let us know. Maybe no, any job, for that matter. I mean, I can see, you know, just... I mean, I'm just thinking, most of the time when people leave their jobs, they're already so fed well, up. Yeah. That unless, like, a big boss finds out and is like, hey, we're going to give you another 10% and move you to another department or something, it's rare that you keep those people. because they've already uh, made I think it almost has to be a raise. I think, like, hey, okay, you go with the raise or promotion, okay, yeah, I consider it. But just, hey, same job, it'd be hard to talk me out of leaving, I would think. I mean. Because, like you said, you've made it to that point where you just, no, nah, I'm not going to work here anymore. I could see some situations where maybe you don't like your middle management or something above you and you want to be on another team to just get away from the stress or something like that. That's probably happened to some folks, but you can't do that at McDonald's because you're all under the same roof all the time. Like, right. you know what I mean? like you're doing the same thing. Yeah. I don't know. I'm with you. That, that just feels weird. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why. I just say, if, if anybody in our audience has had a no quit McDonald's or a totally any job, because I'm, McDonald's tends to, I mean, I don't know what their record is in terms of being an innovator in corporate policy, but I'm going to guess they probably weren't the first people to try this. So if anybody else has had this experiment run on them, by all means, let us know. And it feels very much like an experiment somebody cooked up in a, like some kind of behavioral science Dude, lab somewhere. This is actually funny. I just remembered this because I heard this a couple weeks ago. It's funny that you mentioned McDonald's. I believe the stat the person was was quoting was one in seven people in the U.S. has at some point in time worked for a McDonald's. I mean, that sounds that sounds legit. That's wild, though, right? Let's say like you have so many locations that I mean, that, that is many so people many people in the U.S. have worked for McDonald's at some point in their life. Yeah. Now, admittedly, that probably also includes like their factories, their shipping, their trucking, their distribution, whatever. But yeah, that's still a lot. That's I, mean, I grew I grew up in one of the smallest towns in Louisiana, and even it had a McDonald's. McDonald's just everywhere, you know. Yeah, I I, I will say there's some places in Texas that don't have McDonald's, but they got a Dairy Queen. I don't know what right. that's about. Well, like it's, yeah, Texas it's, towns do have Dairy Queens. I don't I don't know how that happened. Because I mean, Dairy Queen is you know they they got that Texas branding, you know. See, I thought it was a Texas thing too. It's not. They have them up here too, dog. They're everywhere. Yeah, but is is it part of tradition the way it is in Texas? I don't know. I'll tell you this: the one close to my house stays way busy, and I do not understand. Because like, okay. I'll eat some Dairy Queen, but it ain't that good. It depends on what you like to eat. Like, yeah, their blizzards are um, that's you know goat among fast food desserts. That's blizzards true. Are. That's true. Like, blizzards are goaded. I ain't, I ain't gonna gripe about that. But man, their burgers and stuff ain't nothing. 
Like they really are. I, like, I like some of their burgers. I'll mm-hmm. eat them. Don't get me wrong. They ain't like bottom of the barrel fast food, no. but, but they ain't all that. It tastes better than McDonald's, for example, since we <laughs> not, not to be hating on McDonald's because look, McDonald's fries are the damn bomb. Their fries are my, their fries are, I think, my favorite in fast food. Their burgers, I eat them because because they come with McDonald's fries in a combo, basically. Dude, you know what? I while we're man, we're way sidetracked here, but you know we're talking about fries, like KFC. They used to have those potato wedges, and I was kind of mad they got rid of them, but their new I fries would- are actually kind of good. I still like the wedges better. Some, I, don't know, I, I, I was a fan of the wedges, but I, I'm I'm telling you, dude, they're new fries. I think it's that anytime you make those fries that have that like that crispy, flaky outside, I don't know if it's like a triple fried batter or something. Those tend to be good. If if we can get KFC to quit making racist commercials, we'll be down with them. Really. For real. And that's rough when you got black people who do genuinely like chicken. Racist or not, I don't care. Y'all just Y'all are gonna shut up, but like, <laughs> who was it? One of the comedians that said, "If you just don't like chicken and watermelon, there's just something wrong with you because both those are just good." <laughs> I did go to school with somebody that refused to eat food such as fried chicken, and watermelon, and cornbread on principle. And yeah, we we Man, those are like southern food staples, though, right? Like, you're gonna tell me I'm not supposed to eat collard green and oxtails and whatever, and like. Nah, that's too good. I'm going to eat it. <laughs> but all right, let's talk about some stuff that we learned this week, because there's a couple of different things here to talk about. One more fun than the other, but I think both are very informative. So what do you got for everybody? Yeah, a couple of interesting new games on uh, Xbox Game Pass right now that are completely, well, I guess they're like completely free because you do pay for Game Pass, but it's kind of like the Netflix of gaming. And uh, the first one is uh, the Lamplighters League. This is actually a brand new game. It's a day one release on Game Pass. And it's kind of like basically XCOM if it were Indiana Jones. You basically are trying to stop all these various uh, various evil people from, from taking over the world with, uh, again, using kind of a mixture of real-time strategy and turn-based. Very fun. The other one is... Uh, it's, a release you you probably heard. It's Gotham Knights. It's the latest Batman universe game because I think Batman is allegedly supposed to be dead in the games. So you're using Robin, Red Hood, Batgirl, other members of the Bat family. But yeah, it's uh, it is now completely free to play on Xbox Game Pass. The reviews were not great, but I mean, it's a Batman game and it's free. So at some point, I'm gonna get around to downloading that and playing it. That sounds cool. Like, see, that's the stuff I can appreciate because it feels like a different type of game, which is fun. I just I feel like there's so many first person perspective, first person shooter, whatever's that even though some of them might be good, they're just not different enough for me to even want to try these days. So it's cool hearing about something that plays differently. Definitely. You know, you talk about lamplighters or Batman? Yeah, yeah. Lamplighters. Okay. Yeah, definitely. It's uh I mean, I'm sure somebody is probably mixed real time and and, uh, and turn based, but not anybody I can think of right offhand. So just by, that by itself is like, hey, doing something different. And again, I'm a sucker for 1930s pulp Indiana Jones style action. Also, the, the story so far is because that one I haven't played Gotham Knights yet, but I have played a couple of lamp hours of Lamplighters League. Definitely very fun. As I said, if you like Indiana Jones, The Mummy, those type of movies and, and adventures, I think you're gonna love this game. Well, you know what? I have some stuff to talk about for Commander this week. Like, apparently, there's still a lot of people who are trying to use a point-based system to rate their decks. And that just doesn't work. But yet, we still seem to be stuck on it. Like The fact that we have these conversations still pop up on Twitter or various social media channels, what feels like twice a year or so, tells us that this just doesn't work. Right? That it's always a point of it's a pain point for people. Nobody can agree. And there's a lot of reasons, right? The first is if you're grading something on a point scale, we have to all be using the exact same scale and we all have to be grading the exact same way. Yeah. Right? There's no way <laughs> that's happening. Yeah. So that's already the first problem because people would have to memorize some scale to rate their decks. And then they'd all have to interpret that scale exactly the same, which we just don't. The other issue is that ultimately people are not going to be honest, right? Nobody wants to be like, oh, well, my deck's too powerful or my deck's too weak. 
right? They're all going to tell you, and I've had this, I've asked people, rarely do you have somebody say their deck's worse than a five, and rarely do you have somebody say their deck's better than a seven, right? They're all five, six, sevens, if you ask people. And it's just like, well, what's the point of even having a scale, right? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. And God forbid it be your first or one of your first couple of games and you you hadn't played because until you played it, you really don't know. Yeah, and like we talked about off the air, like you could have a deck where you built it thinking it's going to be an eight or a nine, but then you played with a bunch of people that play super top end stuff that are all nines and tens. So now you're like, oh, well, I guess my deck's only really like a seven. Or, or they're six. just or you know, or they or they're just better players than you. There sure. is the, the the gap between me and the just insert, you know, me, me and say Brian Kibler is so big, I'm sure he could beat me with the starter deck. Well, sure, <laughs> but, but the play. problem there is when that person shows up to something like a command fest or Magicon or whatever and sits on a table, they genuinely think their deck's only a six or a seven. Right? But then they're going up against somebody who's got a four, and then they're just curb stomping the table. And it's just like, well, that, now that's not a positive experience for anybody. So it's like just trying to go off of a point system doesn't work. And we've seen people try to rebuild points charts and people have shared stuff and all, all these different discords and private channels and people have had stuff on streams and everybody's trying to make a new system, right? And it's just doesn't make sense, really. It just really doesn't. And I tell people it's easier just to have a general couple of questions to ask people to get your thing started. And it's, and it's not even that complicated, right? But people, for some reason, would rather have a point system, I guess for uniformity, but it's just not uniform. So I always ask people, are you playing casual, competitive, or, you know, uh, CEDH, right? Top tier, middle tier, bottom tier. Which, honestly, if you go to a lot of these events, they have sections for each of the three anyway, so that question is usually answered before you even sit down, right? And then it's, how many turns? Are you wanting or expecting your games to go? So if somebody says, yeah, I generally like to play like 10 turn games. I like playing 20 turn games, I like playing eight turn games, right? So you have a rough idea of like how fast you're expecting games to be. And then what are your goals and expectations for that game or for commander games in general? And that's just a casual conversation maker to get a feel for the person, for the type of things they want out of the table. For me, as an example is, I at least like to see everybody's deck do some version of the thing it's built to do before the game's over. Definitely. Right? Because otherwise, why do we sit down if somebody didn't get to do the cool thing? Right? I'm not, obviously, if they try to go off, then yeah, you'll try to interrupt yeah. them and keep them from doing things, but at least want to see two or three cards come out that go together and do something sweet. Some other people are like, well, I just want to, you know, see a bunch of big combats or whatever, or whatever the thing is. But with that information, if you've got three or four decks with you, it's pretty easy to go, all right, this one's probably going to fit into this type of game. And you know what? My game experiences are so much smoother. And then I've tried playing games where I didn't ask those questions. And half of them sucked. Some of them still turned out okay because you're just playing with good people. But the failure rate was much higher when I didn't ask those questions. So it's like it's three very easy questions. But when I posted that earlier today, somebody said, ah, well, it's amazing you're jumping through so many hoops, hoops to play a game. But I'm like, we're not really jumping through hoops. I just make casual conversation for two or three minutes as we're sitting down. And it solves the problem. I don't really see what the issue is. Especially because we apply that to everything else. Like, literally, when I go out and I play basketball, we're asking a few set of rules so we know what the game's played by, right? Is it make it, take it, right? Are we alternating baskets? Is Are we playing to 7, 11, or 21, right? How, how many games are we trying to get through, basically? Winning team stays on the court, or are we rotating teams out every game, right? Are we doing any type of substitutions? Are you calling your own fouls? All right, cool. So now we know the rules by which we're playing, right? Only takes a minute or two. Everybody's good. Now, some of those are already pre-established before you show up and you're asking people on the sideline or whatever before you get into the game. But we've all determined that these are the rules we're playing by today. So we should be doing the same thing for a commander and it makes games a lot easier. This whole point system thing is just bad. It just doesn't work. We've tried for years. We've tried to come up with a bunch of different ways to measure it. They all don't work. And it's very easy to just talk. Even now, people try rule zero conversations. About, they don't even have to have names. Just ask them three questions. Let's play. We don't have to make it all formal and weird. We're here to be social and play a game of commanders. Let's just make that happen. 
But man, I don't know. Maybe that's another soapbox rant. But either way, it fit. It makes sense. It's just amazing to keep seeing it coming up and it's just not getting solved. But let's get into some news of the week. You know, to follow up on some of the stuff from the convention, there were a couple, and I'm not going to call anybody out because I don't want to send any more people to their social in these conversations. But there were a couple of creators that talked about setting various types of boundaries that fans or followers didn't necessarily abide by. You know, some were just invading their personal space too much. Some people were being touched when they didn't want to be. And and this isn't like bad touches. It's they just don't like being touched, whether it's shaking hands or around the shoulders or hugging or whatever. They, they're just not those type of people, right? They didn't want that. Like there are some people that after certain hours, they just kind of want to do certain things or, Hey, if I tell you when I'm busy doing this, I don't want to be bothered because I'm trying to do this other work or whatever, you know? And I think people have to understand that people are posting these things for a reason. One, because it makes them obviously very uncomfortable. The other is to make a better experience for you as a fan and a viewer. So you know when and how to interact them to get the interact with them to get the best experience. And when you don't follow those rules that they've set down or those boundaries that they put in place, now it's just an awkward experience because now they're already feeling uncomfortable. So they're not going to be on their best when interacting with you, but you've also put them in a spot where now they either have to be a jerk or go along with it. And then now you're going to have them go along with this really awkward interaction or be a jerk and tell you to come back another time or call you out on violating a thing. So then they're going to look like the bad guy, right? Either way, you're not going to endear yourself to them as a fan, viewer, follower, whatever it is. But I don't think anybody had anything that I would say is an unrealistic boundary to abide by. Some of those are just general rules I follow with interactions with people anyway. Like for me, my personal rules, like I'll shake hands or stuff or whatever, or I may ask somebody like, Hey, are you a hugger or whatever? You know, if they want to hug or not, some people already know we've known each other for years. We hug, we don't talk about it. It's fine. But there's stuff like that, that you still just check in, right? It may not be a thing for them. Some people, again, don't want certain situations, don't want to be around so many people. Sometimes I'll warn folks like, hey, it's going to be a big crowd tonight. I don't know if you're cool with that or not. And, and they're like, ah, I don't know. It's going to be a lot, especially after a show, because I didn't even lie. I'm a people person. You know that. But even after the show on, I think it was, was it Friday night? I was kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to walk back to my hotel. And it was a pretty long walk. But I decided I'm going to take the long way so I could walk by the sphere. I'm going to get some footage just walking by it so you can see the enormity of it from ground level and just kind of take it in. It was a fairly cool night. I'm just going to walk back, right? Just to decompress, to not be around. I didn't go to dinner with nobody. I got to the hotel and chilled out. Uh, I was staying with one other creator. He wasn't even back yet. It was cool. And I just used it to unwind. You know, like, not that I hated anybody, but it was a long day, dude. I talked to a lot of people. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to spend 45 minutes by myself just walking. <laughs> and it was cool. I mean, it was all on Main Street, so it wasn't like it was unsafe or anything. But just wanted to do it. And sometimes people need that. So, like, sometimes I just check in with folks. Another thing, too. I only use people's internet names when I'm around them around other people. For some reason, folks seem to think that, like, they're going to be cool using your government name. And I don't know why that's a thing people think is going to make them, I don't know, endear themselves to you in some way. Because if they're doing work and they're using, we'll call it their stage name for everything, and you walk up and you're like, hey, Larry, how's it going? It's like... We, like obviously they're doing business and on their label it's their stage name and on their shirt it's their stage name on the crap they're giving you at the booth it's their stage name what makes you think they want to talk to you on a first name basis when they don't even know you like that like that's just a weird assumption to make but i see people do it and i've had people even come up and try to hey Quan, what's up and i'm like yeah i just point <laughs> like if i have something that says power dragon they're like oh yeah my bad I'm like, I'm at work. I'm doing business. Let's treat it that way, right? This is brand building. This is what we're doing. Hell, to be fair, though, I still got friends from the IRC days. I don't still call by their internet handles. Right. Like, I know their first name. Well, most of them. There's one or two people. I probably don't know their last names. 
because I still just call them by, by their internet names. But that it's just so much easier for interactions around people. And don't forget, some folks, like, again, I use it on the podcast for a very specific reason, because this is a more of a personal project and whatever, and it makes sense. But there's a lot of people that don't want their names out there that much, especially women tend to have this. So why violate that? Like, if they're choosing to not use their public name or their given names, then let's not do that. But I see a lot of that, too. And that, to me, is like, you're definitely crossing a boundary because they don't know you like that and you don't know them like that. And even people I do know, like I said, I'm just conscious to be like, hey, like a good example is MGD Nerd Girl. We've hung out. We film stuff together. We've gone to dinner together on different things, whatever. Still just yell nerd girl across the room when I'm trying to get her attention. Right? Like, I know what her actual name is. I've hung out at her house. Her mom's made us margaritas. Like, I mean, like, but we're in a public space doing work. Now, the thing about that one is, like, if somebody doesn't know that's her professional name, they can be like, why are you calling that girl out like that? Do you know she's a nerd? <laughs> yeah, see, that's the other problem, right? You you might get called out, right? It, so yeah. that's a thing. But yeah, there's just simple boundaries. I think people just need to understand, right? You, and again, some of these people I've dealt with online or that I followed, I still haven't met till I come up to them for the first time. We, we've mentioned this on here before, but as for people that, ha- that haven't heard the story before, I've, <laughs> your mom went to some event where everybody was calling you dragon and she was not happy. <laughs> that's it, not it, wasn't, she it wasn't that she wasn't happy. She just didn't understand what was yeah. happening. Right. She was kind of confused by it. But I told her, I said, well, you know, I'm at work, you know, and she kind of understood and went like, all right, I got it. But it was weird for her to hear people calling me something else, especially, you know, dragon. Yeah, <laughs> it's just such a random thing to be. Calling yeah, she just people. wasn't getting it. She was like, wait, what's that all about? And then I'm explaining to her like the logo and here's what I do. And she's yeah. like, oh, OK, OK, I get it. I get it. It'd be yeah. one thing I'm sure if, if people were calling you, you know, bro or, or oh, yeah, dude yeah, or yeah. something, she would undo. But I, she just probably wasn't up on the slang of, you know. But yeah, I, I just don't know. I feel like I see that quite a bit with people is still understand when you come up to somebody, it's still a professional interaction. Now, we have had these talks where using Vegas as an example, like there were people that came up that said like, oh, I've listened to at least 150 of y'all's episodes, which is basically all of them because we're only at 208 or whatever. You know, uh, there's people said, oh man, I've been watching a YouTube channel for two years or whatever. It's like, cool. So you've probably seen nearly a thousand episodes or whatever at this point, right? But we don't know you like that is the thing. And that's the tough part of that whole parasocial relationship thing that we we kind of are forced to live with more and more in modern society as creators, because we might be part of somebody's daily drive to work or at the end of the night where, you know, maybe they're just getting themselves ready. They're laying in bed, just listening to something. They might have you on in the background, right? Maybe they're putting their kids to sleep. Maybe they're cooking dinner or whatever, and they have you on on the TV or whatever it is. So you become part of people's routines as creators. So I get how though they, in their world, they feel like you're part of their family. It's it's like how people view music for key parts of their life, right? They, yep. they had that bad breakup and then that sad love song came on or whatever. And then now they always think about that whenever they go through a hard time with a relationship or whatever, right? The artist doesn't know that. But for you, that song got you through a bad part of your life. Right. And you you feel like you owe your life to this creator or whatever, or this artist or this musician. And that that's tough because uh, unless it's like Barry White, because, you know, people can go to Barry White and basically tell him, like, yeah, I was conceived to one of your songs. That's true. Right? It's it. Barry it White. happens all the time. Prince, Barry, voice yeah, right. men. <laughs> like, yep. like, when he but, was still with us, Luther. Yeah. Yep, Luther. There's a lot of babies made to Luther. I ain't, right. ain't no lie. <laughs> maybe even Marvin Gaye. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But, but I, but I get what people, where that comes from, you know, and that, and it's the thing we don't talk a lot about and it's tough from the creator side. Cause like I said, you, you don't want to dismiss anybody, but you also have to protect yourself and your mental health and everything else. So if anything, if I could say to anyone now, me, 
I'm different. You can just come up, say hi, whatever. I'll shake every hand, take every dumb picture, sign every dumb thing you want, whatever. I'm that type of person. But not everybody is that person. So just or like uh, one one of the things that happened to me one time, and it wasn't it, it wasn't uh, the podcast. It was when I was still at a newspaper. Woman comes up, and it was it was a I think a chamber function. Uh, comes up, sits down, and because you know, and again because she's been reading my column for a couple of years, she feels like she knows me, even though we have never met. And she's like, "I saw you from across the room, and I had to come talk to you." And then she we go on talking for ten minutes about something I wrote, a couple of columns. She had been reading for a while, and the only part of that my wife paid any attention to was, "Wait, when she saw you from across the room, came over here, like where you know her?" <laughs> no, I don't actually know her. You didn't listen to anything else that happened. That's funny. She, she, she just reads my column. Actually, to even talk about how this happens, like when me and my woman got together initially, I had basically told her, like, look, because of what I do, because, you know, I ran the store, I run a lot of conventions, I do a lot of public stuff. Like, there's going to be times we go places and people are just going to interrupt us and want to talk. And like, I, I kind of have to because just part of my job, it's social, you know. Just I'm to kind of, pre- <laughs> well, just kind of prepare for the, the interactions, right? Which, yeah. after I said it, I realized I said like the dumb nerd equivalent of like I'm kind of a big deal, you know? Like <laughs> that's, that's basically what that was, just not in that yeah. many words, right? Yeah. But, but sure- again, people, that's the thing. Like people that have never been in this situation that have never probably had to have that conversation. But and yeah, but like that's the thing. To- the first time we went out. Literally, we went to Austin. We we're in even the smaller of the two malls or wherever in Austin. I can't remember what the name of it is. But we were there, and I'm thinking, all right, this would be low-key. There's a spot here we want to check out, and then we'll go eat. Sure enough, two dudes came up like, hey, man, how's it going? How's the store? Are y'all going to be doing a thing in Austin soon? And I just looked at her, and I, like, shrugged. And I'm like, give me, like, two minutes. You know, right? <laughs> like, let me talk to these dudes. Cool. They were happy to meet me. We caught up, went on about our business. But it was just like, this stuff happens. Right. Even though I'm looking at something with yeah. my woman in hand, like there were still people that felt the need to pull me away from that and have a full conversation. That since you brought it, that has been a, a pain point in a couple of my relationships. Cause yeah, I've always been doing something either in media or, you know, theater or what have you, or yeah, people are, people are going to recognize me come up. And yeah, I mean, I had to, yeah, I, I had a girlfriend one time that was really just, heck, I mean, for all I know, it's part of the reason we're not still together. She was just constantly annoyed that that kept happening. And again, that was from being, you know, being in newspaper and occasionally radio in a relatively medium-sized southern town. I can't even imagine what, you know, actual celebrities go through. Yeah, that's my thing. I'm not even that big. So I know right. it's way worse for people that are yeah. that are more well-known than I am. But, yeah, I mean, I guess you could be big fist, small pond kind of a thing. I mean, I guess. But even then, I don't have a problem saying hi, catching up, even if somebody wanted just a picture yeah, or whatever. Because I absolutely feel like I'm not big enough to have rules like, okay, no, I can't talk to you right now. I'm, you know, with my, no, I don't. I would feel awkward doing that. <laughs> sure. But I also got put in a situation when you literally see we're out on a date. We're checking some stuff out. And you, I mean, you could just been like, hey, how's it going, blah, blah, whatever, and then go on, right? But it's like, then they stop, and then they want to have a talk, and it's like, okay, well, obviously, they want a full engagement here. Like, and it's weird to just go like, dude, can't you see I'm kind of in the middle of something? You know what I mean? Like, so then now they're walking away with a bad taste in their mouth. Like, yeah. And it's just like, ah, all right. And, it's and like, again, when when it's business, you know, because Larry would talk about the newspaper industry. If if I piss off, let's say two hundred people over the course of a year, that's a huge dent in her subscriber base. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you almost can't risk more than five or ten negative interactions in a, let's say year or two period, or you know, the doors get closed. I mean, I guess that's fair. I mean, it could have cost me customers at my business or people attending our events or whatever. So, I mean, I, I guess there's another upside to it, but yeah. you just things like that it, things. I don't think people consider a good example for me is I remember when I, I ran into stone cold and he was trying on shoes in a little store in, in the Victoria mall. What? That's all I had to. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't run up and I'm like, 
oh, Mr. Austin, can I get a picture? And but like, obviously, he's in the middle of trying on shoes and stuff. Like, dude's barefoot. And I'm just like, <laughs> you know, like it w- that would have been weird as hell. You know what I mean? But I guarantee you, some people did it. You know, no, it's just yeah. like, like, dude, he's only in his socks trying on boots. Like, leave the dude alone. Like, kind of just went, ah, oh, stone cold. And he like, you know, acknowledge and just head nod. And I'm like, cool. And then move on. Right. It doesn't have to be weird. But yeah, it's just one of those things. Like everybody's got different boundaries. Just try to go in more cautious to the situation than so gung ho. And you're probably going to like play it safe and the person will let you know what they are available for. Like if they have more time, they'll be way more engaging or they'll offer to come up and take a picture or whatever. Right. And there's nothing wrong with asking, but don't just assume. I think that's the, the worst part. And when you're at an event, like I said, come up. That's all business time. I t- even in Vegas, I I had a literally a probably a twenty by twenty square. I didn't even leave for damn near five hours at one point. Yeah, just talking to people, taking pictures, having deep discussions about race and gaming and whatever, and like it was cool. That's what I'm there for. But if they would have came up to me afterwards while I'm like eating with some friends, ah, that probably would have annoyed me. <laughs> right. So it's it's a. You got to have some awareness and all that. And it's, you're right with this when you mentioned Stone Cold, but I had a had a friend that ran into Macho Man Randy Savage, I think at an airport somewhere. And, you know, he was trying to engage him as you would another adult, but he could just see, <laughs> see you know, the disappointment in my, in my friend's inner 13-year-old eyes. So he just went into character form. Freak out, freak out. What's it all about? Yeah, the tip top, the cream of the crop. Dude. <laughs> Did I ever tell you there was a point, and this is when they were in Waco, actually. They were they were coming out of the, the event center, and I was going around the side because I can't remember why, but I had to do like I knew somebody that was helping with the event, so I was trying to go back and talk to them. And I see Ray Mysterio and somebody else coming out. And I was just walking by and I was just gonna like I was just gonna wave at him and say, hey, or whatever, because you know, Ray Mysterio's cool. And then all of a sudden, like after I said something to him, I see him just like damn near fall over and he's got this like crazy like busted leg or whatever i'm like did he just trip on something and what i realized is he had seen some kids and their parents coming up and he just went into performance mode of this like oh well i got to play this leg injury up oh now. yeah he's supposed to be like, hurt. Yeah. i got hurt earlier right and i'm like damn that's rough when you just can't even turn off at all right. but like he literally just went oh here's some people who probably saw the show earlier i gotta like limp to the bus or whatever it was you know and I was like, wow, that's crazy that they just have to be on all the time as performers. So, yeah, way worse for even other people than us, you know, to, to be in those. I mean, back in the day, you know, but before they, they, they gave it all the people, especially in the South, people thought it was legit. Oh, yeah. I mean, before before kayfabe got let go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We might need to do a special maybe on, on our Patreon just for kayfabe and understand like the craziness that came with that for wrestling right. at one point because that was a whole different time. But anyway, let's talk about Doctor Who a little bit. Yeah, so if you don't know, I don't know how you don't know if you're in the world of magic, but uh, Doctor Who is coming. And it's going to be four Commander decks, I believe, and a special collector's booster that has some other Doctor Who related stuff in there and some crazy foils and lots of crossover stuff. And people are, I wouldn't say losing their mind, but close. Like people are super giddy about this set, man. It is crazy. And I thought it was going to be, because like, I'm not a, a Whovian, if you will, but I know a lot of people that are and they are way in. So as soon as I saw that Wizard was doing that crossover, I was like, yeah. This is going to be a thing. Even if it's not good, it's going to be a thing. Turns out it is a thing and it's good. So, yeah, people are going bonkers for it. Thing is, have you seen any of it yet? And how do you feel about it? Oh, I I am very excited because that's, you know, just the whole Doctor Who is is one of the best best runs in sci-fi in terms of, okay, the actor is leaving. What do we do? Regeneration is it. It, it creates just a different where you first of all you're a fan, but then second of all, you know, who's your favorite doctor? And they they have nailed all of that with these with these products. Yeah, I have to say of the few cards I've seen, even not being a full-time Doctor Who fan, 
they've hit a lot of the high points. So like stuff that I recall seeing that I know are big story arcs and things, they have captured those, which I think that's always the biggest thing, right? Because you want a few deep cuts just for right. the super fans and some Easter eggs that only those fans will get. But you also want the casual fans or even the people that are like mid-level fans to get enough fan service that they're like, oh, I know what that is. Or like, oh, I got to own that because it's one of my favorite moments of the show or whatever. But like they have a saga that's just blink that has to do with the angels. Yeah. And it's perfect, right? Because it lets you return creatures to your opponent's hand and then you get these angel tokens. But then the angels don't do anything if the person has played a creature that turn. So I'm like, that's perfect. That's a great way to like encapsulate that episode of just like these creepy angels. But like, if you look at them, yep. they're, they're basically frozen. Right. So that's kind of cool. So stuff like that, I think is really neat. And I saw that they've done a really smart thing here because the next regular booster set we get is an Ixalan set that happens to have dinosaurs as one of the popular groups. And guess what? They covered a lot of the, dinosaur stuff from doctor who in this set as well so there's a handful of dinosaur cards that are going to tie in so even there they made the business move to connect some things while still taking care of all the fan service so yeah this is going to be a lot of fun for people and i think you're right as far as including several of the most popular doctors their companions you know finding cards that work specifically if you have a doctor or have certain sets of companions or whatever like, I think that's going to be fun for people, man. I, I'm looking forward to it. Even from the creator side, I've seen a lot of people eager just to get on and do streams with each other, playing these decks with one another. So that that's pretty rare that people are that excited before the products even release. Great. So, yeah, this is, this is going to be a seller, man. I think they're going to sell a lot. And the people I know that work with some of the online companies and stuff, they're all selling, like, saying sales are very good already for this set. So... I'd expect it's this is going to be another one. I mean, this is going to be a big year for Wizards, man. When you're talking about coming off Lord of the Rings two, three months ago, and then you're rolling in a Doctor Who, and Lord of the Rings by far was their best-selling set. Doctor Who is going to be by far their best-selling commander set. Like, to have both of those in the same year? Like, this is one of those things we're going to have to look back at if 2024's numbers are, like, 10% less than 2023's numbers, and people go... See, Wizards has done it. We're finally seeing the decline of magic or whatever. It's like, bro, they just had two of their all-time bestsellers in two categories last year. You know what I mean? Like, you know how hard that's going to be to replicate? Like, I don't even know what they could do to replicate that. Oh, I mean, there's there's still plenty of properties out there. Oh, they got them coming. They talked about the Final Fantasy thing and whatever, but... You you know Final Fantasy is going to be another huge one. Oh, sure. But I don't know if it's going to be as big as Lord of the Rings and Doctor Who among our fans, but it's going to be big. (laughs) We'll see where it goes. But yeah, I mean, I say this is a hoovie, and Final Fantasy is probably bigger than Doctor Who. Ooh, that's a good question, is it? I don't... Ooh, I hadn't thought about that. Because, I mean, there, for, for example, like, my wife barely plays video games in comparison to, like, most of the family. She could probably identify at least a couple of Final Fantasy characters. She would, All ten of the doctors could walk up to her and she wouldn't recognize a single one of them. I mean, to be fair, I could only probably identify, like, three or four of them myself, so yeah. I'm, I'm a little guilty. Um, Man, that's that's a good question. Because you gotta remember, like, especially because you know, they yeah. had such a big head start, Doctor Who really didn't become as big as it is now, especially in the States, until this later, basically starting with yeah. uh, David Tennant. I would say somewhere around 10 years ago or so. Yeah. Was when they, they really started firing on all cylinders. For years before that, it was like, to have seen even seen Doctor Who, you had to have seen it on PBS at probably 3 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> that's, that's where I first experienced it. Yeah, that's interesting. Because you, I mean, those are reasonable points. I, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with. It. I mean, if people want to make an argument for either side, I I probably just shrug and say, yeah. Because like, when was Final Fantasy Seven? Like 1990 something, ninety six maybe. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. And ever since then, it, it's been just huge. <laughs> yeah, nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, it's it's interesting because. While I know a lot of people that did grow up playing Final Fantasy, I also know a lot of adults that are big-time Doctor Who fans that don't play really that much video games. 
Wow. That's that's a good question. I like I hadn't thought about it until you said it. Like that those are both really big fan bases. I mean, credit to Wizards for even securing those licenses to be able to get, do the universes beyond products because they're obviously all going to be sellers. I mean, I think do, do we have any sales numbers on Fortnite yet? How's... No, I don't think we do yet. Okay. But I'd also be curious what happens with Fortnite crossovers when things go into their products and then Fortnite going into other products. Because recently, you know, even WWE had the the Becky and Bianca you could get, yep. I think it was. And people seemed excited about it, but I'm like, is that wrestling fans excited that also play Fortnite or are those wrestling fans that are going to try Fortnite because they get to play with their favorite character? Like, I'm always curious about that. Like, how much those affect business on either direction? Because, you like, in this example, the- I don't know how many people are going to start watching Doctor Who because they play Magic, right? But there's going to be some number, obviously. I just don't know what that number is. But it's worth something to both sides, obviously. So yeah, there's also a lot of crossover between I think uh, Doctor Who fans and horror fans because one of the things they do just the well as creating you know new daughters and new companions is they're monsters like you're talking about the Weeping Angels. Those aren't just iconic Who monsters; those are essentially almost like horror villains. The concept of a creature that is just just in, in your in your nearest graveyard or, or somewhere chilling. Until you until you're not looking at it, and then it comes after you. Just they are one of the best monsters anywhere. I think in sci-fi, horror, anything. Well, I, that is one of the things when people, you know, when we first heard announced they were doing the Doctor Who thing. I told people one of the fun things about that world is they do the idea of scary things exist out there. You know, wherever they land or whatever time period they're in, there's just scary things out and the universe is huge right even even the daleks or the daleks whatever however you want to pronounce it like those are things just out there trying to kill literally exterminate as they say right like yeah though even those are kind of scary even though they're very campy looking because their design is from like the 60s or whatever but even those exist right and those make good magic cards right because you can have all types of monsters and villains and whatever alongside all these actual good guy characters. So there's a lot to work with. It's almost somebody, a shame it wasn't a full set, to be honest. Somebody wants to explain Doctor Who to me. So you, you can explain to other people as, you know, everything, every mythological or fictional creature you've heard of does exist. They're just aliens. Because Doctor Who has had vampires who, of course, try to be an alien race. Werewolves, but they're aliens. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, which, in a sense, you know, infinite typewriters, infinite monkeys sort of things that, like, yeah, that could be out there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> like, why not? But yeah, congrats to Wizards, because man, if and and to just Doctor Who fans, that not only are you getting a cool pros- crossover product, like it's apparently checking all the boxes that people want, and that's also cool. So man, always nice when people get things right. So there was a very man. I don't even know how to describe this. Just a. A cluster F of a situation. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say just <laughs> so many adjectives. Yeah, trifling. <laughs> trifling would apply for those of you that are familiar That's with true. the term trifling. That's true. This is a trifling. <laughs> These people are being trifling. But there was an organization that ran a tech job fair this past week. I believe it was last week or the week before, and it was targeted at women and non-binary folks because they were trying to like a lot of companies are, trying to increase the non-male presence in the tech industry. Well, apparently, a bunch of guys thought they were going to have the bright idea to register as non-binary or trans so they could get access to this event. And it was about as dumb as you would expect it would be. So then you ended up with crazy long lines and all the presenters were not happy. And as it turns out, some of the companies weren't happy, which is what I would thought you would have considered. Like if you show up as just like a burly dude and they're just trying to give them your resume or your application or whatever, of course they're going to look at you and be like, dude, what are you doing here? Right? It's a That's a terrible, terrible look. You have branded yourself as a troll. Basically. Yeah, like it, it's a bad first impression. It really is. And I know people are like, well, why should women get a thing? I'm like, here's the reality. Like, the reason that exists is because there's mostly guys out there in the tech industry. Hell, we did a thing at Wizards when I was there. 
and they have a group that's to basically women of wizards, I believe is what it's called, to help increase the presence of women in gaming and at Wizards and Hasbro, which great. Nothing wrong with that. Can always use more. But even when that was set up, and some of this guys helped them set some things up, but we weren't going to be active and participating because it wasn't our space, right? Still, I remember a few people asked, like, hey, is there any way I could get access to XYZ? And it's like, no, dog. Like, this isn't for you. (laughs) Like, literally, there are things being done and made specifically for women that are going to be attending this thing with women so they can talk to other women and get women's perspective on what goes on in this space. Nowhere is there room for us, and it's not intended to be. Right? But even that was hard for people to understand. And the worst part is a lot of these non-males, I will say, that were trying to attend this convention as it was intended, this job fair, ended up having a rough time because they couldn't get into some lines to talk to certain people. The line out the door was way longer because, again, the people who set it up, yeah, they weren't (laughs) expecting all these other people to show up and attend it or whatever, right? And I just don't understand, like, you have, and, and I will say, like, I saw some footage from the people running the event when they were doing their their speeches and whatever. They weren't happy. So, like, you weren't putting yourself in a situation to win. And don't get me wrong. I get it. If you're in the tech spaces, some tech jobs, some companies just laid some people off and you may be desperate to get hired. Like, I get that. I really, really do. But the impression you would be making with these potential companies, future bosses, is so bad. It's so bad. Like, you can't think that's okay. And I'm going to guess some of them weren't there looking for honest jobs. Some of them were, some of them were there to cause chaos. There's no doubt in my mind. Oh, I'm sure some were, right? Just making a point. We, we've seen it for a while, even with the World Series of Poker. They usually have, of their, like, 35 events or 40 events, whatever it is, usually one of them is a women's event. And there's always some number of dudes that would be like, well, what if I came in a dress? Can I play? Or And it's like, dude, really? Like, there's like all these other events. And they're like, hey, let's do one for the women, that women only, and, like, give them a shot. So they can be comfortable playing an event with just other women. And they're, even in that, there's dudes that try to ruin it. And I just, like, my thing is, what's so hard to understand about it? Like, if you've been in any of these spaces that you've grown up in, in male-dominated spaces, have you not ever looked around and went, it'd be cool if this just wasn't a sausage fest all day. You know, like, we need some other perspectives in here. Like, we're making stuff that women are going to buy, yet we have all dudes making the stuff. Or, why don't we have more women that like our games? And it's like, well, you didn't have a woman's perspective when you were making anything. Your female characters are not written in a way that a woman would give a damn about them. You know what I mean? Like, these things should not be that hard to understand. But for some reason, people don't get it. And they're constantly trying to ruin these types of efforts where we're trying to make things better. And it's like, just even seeing the footage from it was annoying to me. And I wasn't even there. It's just like, dude, really? There was a chance. And, and imagine being one of the companies or presenters or whatever, where you're all geared up. You're like, great. You know, we're going to try to probably hire somewhere between 10, 12 new women, bring them into our business, you know, get some people who align with our our mindset here, whatever. And then you're just dealing with dudes for the first, like, three hours of your show. Like that. Yeah, because people that are trying to troll will ask, like, why, well, why is it important that the, the, that the job is for a woman? Well, let's say your tech company runs a series of websites that, for example... Let's say you have a website that that it's a large number of mommy blogs. At that point, a woman's perspective is not only important, it literally is what the company is designed for. No, you as a dude cannot offer them the perspective they are looking for. You know why? So your company isn't just making another thing and putting pink on it and saying this is for women. Also true. That's why. (laughs) Right? Make a thing that actually works better for the needs of a woman like that's what you should be doing not just relabeling something and recoloring it like yeah like come on man 
So yeah, that happened. You can read about it. Just do search on men overrun women's convention and you'll, you'll find a bunch of articles on it. There's a bunch of perspectives out there already. And they're already figuring out how to try to balance it next year. Do you have to like check people's social stuff they link or whatever? But yeah, it's it's a pain. It's it's sad that it happened. Hopefully we don't see too much more of that in the future. But as we're rounding out the hour, wanted to bring a discussion to the dinner table here. And this feels like kind of a larger, I don't know, social conversation. And, and I want to start, before I get too deep here, of just saying this is from a few people posting stuff online, some of it in relation to the events of the last couple of weekends, because there was a big uh, Cube event, I believe, and then there was the Magic Con Vegas and something else. So I don't want to go into this saying, like, I'm trying to invalidate anyone's feelings. Because I get how people feel the way they do about these situations, and you'll understand in a second. So that's not what any of this is about. This is more explaining how a lot of these situations come to be and that we shouldn't let them get to us. And, and what I'm getting at here is a bunch of people are talking about feeling left out of things in relation to these large events. Whether that's not being included in enough games, not being invited to dinners maybe not knowing or being invited to the lobby cons, which is basically people get together in the lobbies of different hotels or restaurants or whatever after the event and hang out some more and play games and stuff. But there's a lot of reasons this can happen. You know, like using dinners as an example, there are times where I know I have decided, hey, let me make some dinner. I'm already hanging out, talking with like six or eight people. Maybe we're thinking about going to eat in an hour or two. I'm like, hey, what type of food do you want? Let me call on reservations. I'll just get a big table. We can invite some of our other friends, right? Well, the restaurant said the most we can do is we can reserve 14 seats for you. We fill the 14 seats up. Within that next hour or two, I encounter somebody that I do genuinely like, but they're just like, oh, hey, you have dinner plans? I'm like, yeah, we're going to be at such and such place, but we're filled up already. Like, that's not me saying, I don't want you to join along. It's like, literally, the restaurant told me I can't get any more seats. Right? It's already booked. Or, like I talked about earlier, like, there's a case where some people went out and ate already. I was doing business toward in the day, and I just decided, you know what? I'm not even going to hassle anybody. I'm just going to hang out by myself and just go walk. Right? Like, everybody made plans. I didn't expect them to wait for me. I was busy. That happens. Hell, in Vegas, the lobby con's a problem because everybody was staying spread out between like 15 different resorts or hotels or whatever. So there was only a couple I even heard about over the weekend, which is cool, you know, but I'm not going out of my way to get to it. It's fine. I'm not staying at that particular hotel. I ain't going to worry about it. I don't think that means anybody likes me any less. You know, I and I think the other problem, too, is people wanted to in some of these discussions play the narrative of well you kind of have to know all the people you have to be part of the cool kids club otherwise it just feels like high school all over again and it's like no i know a lot of people hell i'd argue i know like a hundred people but at the same time i'm not going to be involved in everybody's plans hell good example and we've had her on the show before tappy toe claws like we're friends we've exchanged much hell we have each other's phone numbers we didn't even see each other while we were in Vegas. <laughs> it's not that we don't like each other. It's just there's a lot going on with a lot of people. And sometimes you just don't run into each other or even make plans or like, and sometimes people do try to make plans because I saw some messages after the fact because I had my volume off and my phone was in my pocket most of my time because I was talking to people and doing business, right? So I just missed some key calls or I messaged somebody and they didn't get back to me till I'd already made plans. You know, so you just never know. And then there was the scramble plan that happened on one night where a couple people got together and then it turns out those people also knew me. So then they sent me a message and were like, hey, we're going to go eat at this place. And I'm like, oh, great. I just got done and it worked out. So that's not when I looked at it and went like, well, I was their second choice. I don't know. Why didn't they just send me an initial invite? Right. Like, it's just no, it's just the way things work out sometimes. So. I also understand, though that people are carrying trauma from high school or junior high where, where they didn't get picked or they were 
you were always the last picked or you never got included, included with the cool kids stuff or you had to sit at the other table by yourself because we're nerds. That happened to a lot of people, right? You're sitting in a space where people are nerds and a lot of us are socially awkward. Just the way it goes. But that's also part of it too, is understanding just because your people that you like or know seem cool or that they're creators or whatever, some of them still are socially awkward, right? They may not be good at making plans or know how to invite you or not invite somebody else to leave room for you to make it to the table, right? I've also had those situations where I tried to reserve seats knowing I had certain friends that are going to be upset if they couldn't make it to the table, but then only to find out they already had plans. And now I got a different set of people that are upset because I told them they couldn't come along because I was reserving three seats. Then I'm not getting used, right? So that happens, right? There's a lot of, there's a lot of ways. So don't put stock into not being included in something as somebody not liking you or you not being good enough or whatever. There's just a lot of reasons and a lot of ways that can happen. Hell, there's multiple people. Like, I, I mean, I've hung out with Joe Johnson before. We've shot stuff together on his show. Like, all the people in, in Top Deck Studios. I hung out with some of them at the show. I had dinner with some of them one night. Didn't see the rest of them the rest of the event, right? That just happens. There was thousands, tens of thousands of people <laughs> at, at the Vegas event. Now, maybe different at smaller events where there's only two, 3,000 people, whatever. But even then, right, there's things just going on and happening. It doesn't mean folks don't like you or whatever. Sometimes you need to be the initiator of plans and just say, okay, cool. I'm going to be proactive and say, hey, I would love to do dinner with you this weekend. Let's make plans for Saturday or Friday or whatever. Or like, hey, let's go have lunch after this event or whatever it is so we could just hang out and talk for a bit. Like, be the initiator so people also start wanting you to be involved because a lot of people just get tired of making plans. And a lot of people are just going along with the flow of stuff. That's the other part of it, too. And if somebody just makes plans, everybody that's there, boom, 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 this is the group we're going with, and then that's it. And I'm guilty of that, too. There's sometimes where I've just literally been like, all right, give me 30 minutes. And then I might message one or two people that I'm staying with or something and be like, hey, I'm gonna go grab food in 30 if you want to go. That's it. And then we go do whatever we're going to do. So there's there's a lot of ways that can happen. But it's definitely a, a real thing, though, that seeing enough people talk about it and see how many people related to it. It's still a big thing that's out there. And I think and again, I think some of that is people carrying trauma, right? They're already used to feeling that way. So they just assume that's what it is again. And in some cases, they may not be wrong. So that's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to invalidate anybody. It could be a lot of reasons. But try not to put your personal self-worth or stock in these types of inconsequential events. Because it's just going to drive you crazy at the end of the day. Boy, Brian, Hunter, where they can find you on the social media machines. All right. I am Brian Sionic on Twitter and YouTube. You can find me everywhere at PowerDragon, P-O-W-R-D-R-A-G-N. And don't forget to leave us a review on your favorite website or wherever you're downloading this and leave us five stars. But as always, wherever you're listening, whenever you're listening, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Please remember to take care of yourselves and your family. And most importantly, remember to be awesome and be awesome to each other. If you'd like to further support Color of Magic, you can find us on our website at colorofmtg.com. We also have a Patreon if you'd like to donate other patreon.com slash colorofmagic. You can also find us on Facebook under Color of Magic. And if you want to follow us along at Twitter, you can find us there at Color of MTG. And as always, please share the podcast around to your friends, your network, people you think might enjoy it, because every little bit helps as we're trying to increase our user base.